A stu stu Studio D production. Well, we've said already that you sound. We all sound. Hey polite, Siri. So. <laughs> That's how you should set your your in advance. And then if anyone else tries to do it, they not only have to imitate your voice, they have to imitate you doing imitate. that voice. Yeah. That's funny. I love that voice. That's a fun voice. Hey Siri. <laughs> why, why are you doing it so breathy? Because <laughs> that's how you yeah, yell, it's like right? an old man voice. <laughs> hey Siri. <laughs> Hey, Salem. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, In Lark, we used to we used to sit around and lower our larynx, but sing really high notes. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> oh. Sit down, I want to tell you a story, a really weird and messed up story, with murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls, it's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled, it's effed up family story time. I laughed so hard that I'm like sweating. Hello everyone, welcome to effed up family story time, I'm Salem. I'm Hannah. And with us today, we have the beautiful Belle. Hey. And the lovely Kelly. Hey. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and there was a, a K word, beautiful Belle. The kind Kelly. Oh. Cranky Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to okay. spell in a... Damn it. So how's everyone doing today? Good. Yeah. What's new in the world? I've been watching... The TV show Alone. This isn't funny, and I'm chuckling at it already <laughs> just because I was like, ooh, I have something to say. Um, I've been watching the TV show Alone. Have any of y'all ever seen that show no. or know what that show is? So basically, it's 10 people who are dropped in the middle of nowhere in like 10 separate places in the middle of nowhere, and then they just have to like survive the longest all entirely on their own. And so they're in like these beautiful outdoor locations. So I'm like, oh, camping, it's pretty. But then they're like, <laughs> like building their own shelters and they're That's like crazy. hunting and fishing and foraging and losing weight slowly, like yeah, slowly dying horrible. basically. Wow. And then Cute. they, the one, last one standing wins like $500,000 or something. Nice. Do you guys remember Naked and Afraid? Yeah, that was oh, was crazy. That, that was just stupid, though. Like, this one is, like, legit surviving with clothes on because you're more likely to survive if you have clothes on. Yeah, but it's harder if you're naked. You're losing body heat, and you have to figure out, it's like, there's more to deal there with. There is more, but... but... What I don't understand is, so, like, let's let's pretend, like, you're trying to be a survivalist and not use any of the modern comforts of the world but, like, you would make stuff to cover your body. You would. But isn't there, like, a rule on that show that, like, you're literally not allowed? Because that's the whole point is you're naked. So, like, are they not and allowed? And you're afraid. <laughs> so are they not allowed to to not be afraid and not allowed to, like, ma fashion themselves a little loincloth out of leaves? Well, I think they do make you little loincloths. You have to be scared. You have to be scared and you have to be naked. naked. Like, afraid, yeah. They do put loincloths on, though? I thought I saw. I don't know. Like, all I've seen is blurred butts, but <laughs> I have only watched. Also, like what good episode. does a loincloth do? Keeps the guy you're with from looking at your nana. If you're know. on naked and afraid, <laughs> yeah, I'm you pretty know, sure I don't think you're really that worried about nana. people yeah. looking at your nana. Yeah, yeah, nana. <laughs> Just say vagina, 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 vagina. Or be like Ben Shapiro in his rendition mind. of WAP. I don't mind, <laughs> Nana. Wet ass p word. Does anyone else remember pussy? Cat certified free wet Got ass that wet pussy ass p word. cat. Ew. Have you heard that song? <laughs> You've heard the song. My I've heard of the pussy song. cat sitting in a rocking oh. chair, rock so hard she lost her hair. Bald pussy, <laughs> bald pussy, <laughs> just a friendly little cat. My pussy cat sitting out in the rain. She sat so long that she got wet, wet pussy. <laughs> wet 
bald pussy <laughs> just a friendly little cat and it goes on <laughs> it's like a very long that song sounds... that's the original WAP by Cardi B and <laughs> the there it is <laughs> The the clean version of that song by Cardi B is it's like worse. significantly Wet more disturbing. Excuse me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Wet and gushy. That's yep, the that's the censored version Instead of wet as pussy. <laughs> like, yeah. Ew. Yep. Yeah. Wet and gushy, and I'm like, I don't. Somehow that's worse. I'm a cat. I get trapped. That's a what? 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 <laughs> oh. Grab a bucket and a mop. That's a what? <laughs> I don't like any of that. Men are allowed to talk about their peepees and their partners' pachinkos, but women aren't allowed to talk about their own vahines. <laughs> it's not and their own sexuality. <laughs> peepees and pachinkos and vahines is what we're talking about on today's show, guys. <laughs> I want to say something different. Okay, <laughs> but on the same lines. Does anyone remember grandma or gran gran and when she would what she would call private? Call it the popo. The first time I was in a car with someone who said, Watch out for the popo, I was like, What are you talking about? I was in a car and I was in my early twenties and we were partying and someone's like, Oh, look out, there's the popo and I'm like what? And then they're like, over there, there's the popo. And I'm like, what are there hookers over there? What are you talking about? Yeah, that was a confusing moment in my life. Oh, man. I played it off, though. I was like, oh, yeah, the police. That's what you're talking about. I did yeah. not play it off. I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you talking about private parts? And then everyone made fun of me. And that was my, that was my adolescence. That's pretty funny. And with so, that. So, alone... <laughs> So last night, because I binged alone all yeah. day long yesterday. <laughs> so last night, I had dreams all night that I was surviving and that I was really sleeping <laughs> in a tent and not in my bed. And I had to listen for the animals. And then, like, Pi would jump up next to me in bed. And I would, like, in my head, I would know that it was her. But I would be like, gotta survive. <laughs> gotta protect myself from the animals. And I slept horribly all night long. I was just yeah. thinking about being out in the woods somewhere. That's why you slept crappy. You yeah, told me you didn't probably. sleep well. Okay, so uh, this is uh, lucky number 22, episode 22. Lucky? Yeah. Lucky. I don't know. <laughs> it's better than, is a lucky it's number. It's better than cursed episode 20. That's true. And that was dumb. That was dumb. And this time, it is Belle's turn to tell us a story. <laughs> what are you going to be enthralling us with today, Belle? Today, I am telling you guys the story of the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Okay, I'm going to start off with just kind of talking about my sources so that I don't forget. <clears throat> Good call. So the main source that I used was a CBS 48 Hours episode. It was season 32, episode four. It's titled Live to Tell. The Chowchilla Kidnapping, and it was aired October 12th, 2019. I also used information from a CBS 48 Hours article that was released with the um, episode that was called The Notorious Chowchilla Bus Kidnapper Ran a Goldmine and a Christmas Tree Farm from Prison, and that was published on October 13th, 2019. Um, I got some information from a New York Times article titled Ed Ray, Bus Driver During Kidnapping Dies at 91, and then I got a little bit of information, mostly just like dates and places from Wikipedia. A wiki wiki. A wiki wiki. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our story begins on July 15th, 1976, in the small town of Chowchilla, California. It was a normal day for the residents of Chowchilla. The children were sent to summer school while the parents went off to work. While at summer school, the children went to the pool. It was an unremarkable summer day in Chowchilla. So we thought. <laughs> So Frank Edward, or Ed Ray, was a bus driver for the Dairyland Elementary School. As he was dropping the children home from the pool on that day, Ray came upon a white van stopped in the middle of the road. Ed Ray tried to go around the van thinking it was broken down, but was quickly confronted by three armed men wearing nylon stockings to cover their faces. Ooh. That actually worked. 
Um, like, no. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Have you ever put nylon stockings on your face? You look crazy weird. I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. smushes your face down and you don't look like yourself. Yeah. Okay. It's, we should we should just do it. do it. <laughs> I think I have some online. nylon in the <laughs> basement in my winemaking kit. Let's just do the rest of this episode with nylon stockings <laughs> on our faces. <laughs> oh, it can All be right, fam. We'll be protection from coronavirus because <laughs> it won't That's get why we're through doing that this. nylon <laughs> okay so once the men made it onto the bus there were three of them um, one of the men jumped into the driver's seat while another continued to point their gun at ed ray the third masked gunman followed the bus in the white van that they were stopped in um, there were 26 children aged 5 to 14 on the bus and oh, they scary. and their bus driver were now being just like taken to wherever and this was before speed came out so they couldn't even be like excited for keanu to save the day they wouldn't have even known sandra bullock was not on that bus oh they must have been terrified without keanu and sandra bullock what sandra bullock's in that movie yeah kidding me she's the main person person. she's the one who drives the bus i haven't seen it while keanu stands (laughs) over her saving the day so eventually the unknown driver stopped the bus. The white man was still following behind. At this new location, there was a second green van. Both vans were set up to kind of be almost like a prison cell. They had placed wood paneling on the inside of like the back of the van and then painted the doors black so nobody could see in or out of the uh, out of the van. And then with the paint, there was no light that was coming into the van either. So what the men had done is that they had taken each van and parked it up to the door of the bus and instructed each child to jump from the bus into the back of the van so that they didn't leave any footprints for evidence. And so they filled both vans wow. and then um, they continued to drive. Um, this time, everybody was engulfed in complete pitch blackness. So they left oh. the bus behind. They left the bus and behind. Everyone was in the, the in white the two, and the green van. Yeah, white and green van. Or candles. I know. Yeah. At this point, the kids had been missing for a while, and everybody back in Chowchilla, people were starting to kind of be concerned, and police had been no- been notified of the missing children. So they started out a search. Um, just before sunset, they did find the bus um, by, like, a, a police helicopter. One of the pilots spotted the bus. It was um, nearby the Chowchilla River. Um it was stashed in a riverbed about seven miles outside of Chowchilla. And the way that they had hit it, there was no way that they were going to be able to find it without being able to use like aerial surveillance. Mm-hmm. So they had done a good job of hiding the bus. That's wild that the police actually started a search on a missing child well, that I early honestly, in the 70s. There were 26 of, of them. them. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> if it was one, they wouldn't have. <laughs> no. like, right. He just ran away. He'll he come just, home. I know he's only eight, but, but I'm also, sure he just ran away. And the bus away. driver was missing. Like The bus driver wasn't accounted for, and these 26 kids just never came home from school. Yeah, and It was really fast because I may have missed it. It was after school, so they'd already been at school, and then none of the kids made it home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. They, yeah, like an entire bus went missing. That's that's a pretty big yeah, deal. he was like yeah. on his route, dropping all of the kids off. He had made a couple of stops and dropped Ooh, a few kids off. Kids. And then in the middle of his route was when he was stopped by these three masked gunmen. Um, so once they found the bus, they contacted the FBI, and then not long, there were thirty agents at the police station ready to help with the investigation. Oh my god! Um, this whole time, the twenty-seven victims were still being driven to an unknown location. After nearly 12 hours in complete darkness with no food or water. <laughs> Sorry. Did she say unloan no kitchen? Yeah, I was trying to keep going. <laughs> Wait, what? I could nail, but she said unloan no <laughs> Oh, Belle did? Yes. Sorry, All go right. for it. Uh, meanwhile, the 27 victims were still being driven to an unknown location. <laughs> After nearly 12 hours in complete darkness with no food or water, the 26 children and Mr. Ray could feel the van start to slow down and eventually stop. So once stopped, the kidnappers took Ed Ray out first, opening the van only long enough to grab him and then closing it again. After a few moments, the kidnappers opened the van, grabbed one child, and then closed the doors. The masked men continued with this routine. Take a child, close the door. Take a child, close the door. When the first van had been cleared, they moved to the second one. Take a child, close the door. The kidnappers led each victim to a wooden ladder that led directly into a hole in the ground. 
They instructed each child to climb into the hole. This is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> Could you imagine being in that van as a little kid, just yeah. seeing each kid go out like one at a time? The um, 48 Hours episode that I watched had a really good interviews with the victims. Um, they interviewed three victims specifically, and one of them I mentioned in here, um, his name is Michael Marshall, and he was the oldest one. He was 14, and he had told of his experience being in the van. Um, he was in the second van that they unloaded, and he was the last, like one of the last two kids in the van, and it was him and then the youngest girl who was five, Aww. and they were the last two in the van, and he had said that he couldn't bear to hand her over to these men so he volunteered to go first and that was when he was led to the hole they were like leading these children one at a time to the hole in the ground instructing them to climb down and then going back for the next one and um once michael went into the hole he just described like the relief that he felt when the little girl made her way back in i can't remember her name i didn't write it down but just like, you know, and like him being the oldest, he like had this like feeling of like needing to protect these kids. Like oh. all the kids knew him and like looked up to him and yeah. Yeah, that's really sad. That's got to be traumatic. Yeah. So once in the hole, basically what the kidnappers had done to prepare for this crime is they buried a truck trailer underground. And they had set it up so that there was like a table and around the table there were jugs of water. On the table there was some like non-perishable food like peanut butter, cereal, that kind of stuff. Um, there were mattresses around in the trailer and then they had cut out holes in the wheel wheel to kind of make like a makeshift toilet. Um, so they had this like obviously planned out. Like they knew what they were going to do. They had this set up. Like they buried this trailer underground themselves, you know. Crazy. Yeah. Um, there were fans also that were like circulating the air. It was like the only air that was getting into the trailer was through these fans. Um, basically, once all of the kids were in the hole, they removed the ladder, threw down a roll of toilet paper and shouted, we'll be back for you. And they then covered the Yay. hole. <laughs> yeah, they covered the hole with a manhole cover. And then that was it. And the kids were back in complete pitch darkness. Oh, um, yep. So Very. Ed Ray and 26 children as young as five had just been buried alive. Wow. So Ed Ray and Michael Marshall, the oldest who I'd mentioned before, he was 14 at the time. They, at this point, spent some time looking around for any hope of an escape. Um, they didn't find any any openings, you know, anything. And so it, it was at this moment that Ed Ray kind of calmed the children down and suggested that everybody get some rest. So after about 12 hours in the hole, the few supplies that had been left for the children were gone. The fans circulating, the minimal airflow in the trailer had stopped working. And the roof of the trailer was starting to cave in from the pressure of the earth above. Oh, no. Um, things in the hole were getting desperate. And their, you know, the victims report just children just screaming and crying and, like, holding Aww. each other. And it was at this point that Ed Ray and Mike Marshall decided that they were going to do whatever they could to get out of this hole. They began piling mattresses underneath the manhole cover and were eventually able to reach the top of the trailer. But freedom was not as close as the children had thought. Because on top of the manhole cover, these men had piled a bunch of old truck batteries and then covered it with dirt so that the whole the cover was like nearly impossible to move. They ended up eventually moving the cover, but then around the cover they had also constructed like a wood box that Mike Marshall was only big enough to like barely fit in. And so he was the first one out of the hole and basically fought his way out of the box. Oh and finally, after nearly 12 hours in complete darkness underground, the kids saw sunlight. Oh, wow. So at 8 p.m. on July 16th, Ed Ray and the 26 children emerged from the hole. They had been buried nearly 100 miles away from Chowchilla in a rock quarry in Livermore, California. Once rescued, the police took photos of every child and then transported them to Santa Rita Rehabilitation Center, which was a local jail. Um, they were taken into a classroom, given apples and juice, and then they were questioned for nearly four hours. So um, do you know how they got from, like, Michael Marshall getting out of the hole to getting the police there? They ended up in this rock quarry, and then they had heard, like, just the sounds of, like, the men working. Okay. And they basically followed the sounds and saw a bunch of guys, like, in hard hats and stuff, and they were okay. able to call the police. Okay. They were able to get their help. So all of the kids were able to climb up yeah. after Michael Marshall beat yeah. his way out, and they were able to get Every out. single kid okay. made it out of the hole and, and then, then found help in the wow. rock quarry. And then the police were called, and then 
Yeah, and then they were questioned for four hours, and then after about four hours, they were finally sent back to Chowchilla. Um, they send them on a bus because that's pretty. <laughs> they, sent them, they sent them on a charter bus. It was the school so bus, but it was a charter still, bus. It was a bus. Yeah. Um, at almost four a.m., the bus carrying the twenty-seven victims arrived in Chowchilla almost thirty-six hours after they had originally been kidnapped. Wow. So they weren't gone for that long, but what a scary but, thing. I mean... What did they want the kids for? Ooh, we'll get into it. That's, like, just weird to have we'll, such yeah. an elaborate we'll plan. We'll talk about yeah. it. Okay. Ooh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's basically where I want to take the break. Okay. And then we'll talk about who these masked men were <gasps> and what they wanted. Ooh. All right. Cool. Well, I guess it's time for a break, guys. I guess it's quicker than that. What is an ASMR podcast? It's supposed to give you tingly feelings through it's your body. It's creepy, if we're yeah. being honest. Really? Huh. Okay. That's kind of weird. Anyway. And everyone, we <laughs> are back. Yeah, We're back Yay. to Yay. Belle's story. So My story. Where did we leave it off? We've- so we left off. The kids have been rescued. They have been back, reunited with their family in Chowchilla after a super traumatic 36 hours of near-death experience. Good in, for them. In Why Chinchilla. Is- Chinchilla. Why is it on CBS 48 hours if it was only a 36-hour ordeal? I don't know. (laughs) Isn't it something... I also have always been confused that it's CBS 48 hours, but they only have an hour of content. It's about the 48 hours after the crime happens. I don't understand. Because it's about the time... Like, if you don't solve the crime in the first 48 hours, it's harder to solve. Mm -hmm. Oh. On 48 Hours, a new special, 36 Hours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, now that the kids have been reunited with their families, the next question is, who did this? What kind of a monster would kidnap 26 little children from school, basically, and then bury them underground? And why? And why? Why? Yeah. Why did they do this? Why did they do it, Belle? Why? Tell us, please. I will tell I you. I want to know. Why? All right. Why? So I want to know. <laughs> Have you ever known why he did this? Why did he do it? Okay. Why? So um, it wasn't long after the kids had been rescued that police began to suspect Fred Woods. So Fred Woods was born into a wealthy family, and he lived and grew up in the suburbs of San Francisco. Um, Woods' father owned the rock quarry that the kids were buried into, Fred Woods had keys to said rock quarry, so they were able to obtain a search warrant to search the Woods estate. After searching the estate, um, oh, wait, I forgot to mention. So Woods' father owned the rock quarry where the children were buried, and two years before all of this incident happened, Woods was arrested for Grand Theft Auto with his two buds, James Schoenfield, and then James's little brother, Richard Schoenfield. Three men. Three men. And there were three mm. men. And a baby. I that mean, ambushed no. the bus. <laughs> and a ghost. Wait. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, have you heard about the two men and a baby ghost? <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, the two men and a baby ghost. There's a ghost in the movie. It's on the screen. Oh, yeah. oh in the and movie. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. three men, men and a baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which was what we'd originally said. Three men and a baby. I was just copying, Hannah. I'm just a copycat. Um, <laughs> I was thinking also two and a half men. Yeah, there was a oh, ghost yeah. in the and movie. And three and a quarter men and a baby. <laughs> and a ghost. And, and a ghost. ghost. <laughs> That's the quarter man. <laughs> quarter man, the ghost. It's a new... Oh, three and a quarter man and a baby. <laughs> Weird. All right. So basically, now the police have found three suspects, Fred Woods and then the Schoenfeld brothers, James and Richard. Um, the Schoenfeld brothers were also born into a wealthy family. So you have these three wealthy men. They were able to obtain the search warrant. And then when they searched the Woods estate, they recovered a mountain of evidence. The this police. Oh, wait, mountain? go ahead. This is why we eat the rich. Eat the rich. Shit like this doesn't happen. Um, Unless we are rich and don't eat us. Once we get rich, we're excluded from this. Okay. Um, they, so 
when they searched the Woods estate, they found the shotgun that was used in the kidnapping that one of the, the men had been brandishing at Ed Ray. Um, they discovered a document handwritten that was literally titled plan at the top. And it <laughs> outlined all of the things that they were going to do. And then on a second column, it had like what you know, they could do in case of like, you know, this goes wrong, we can do this. If this happens, we can do this. So they had a plan outlined. And then they found a draft for a ransom note. So their whole motive behind this basically was to get ransom Money. for these kids. They uh, initially, I know, but it comes out after a little bit of investigating, they had found that all three of them were in actually serious debt and their parents weren't willing to help them out oh, anymore kind of thing off. yeah so they oh. were like desperate and they needed a plan they initially were going to ask the state of california for 2.5 million dollars and in that first draft that they recovered that's what it had said on the ransom note but they and it had ended up upping their price to five million dollars did they ever send the they ransom? never sent the ransom note because here's the thing they you know, had constructed this whole plan. They buried the trailer under gallon. They were they kidnapped the children. They bury them in. You know, they have this ransom note. They're totally ready. The kids are underground, right? They get ready to call the Chowchilla Police Department, but their number, like their phone lines, were so backed up from all of the calls of like the parents or people who might have information, and so they couldn't get through. So they decided <laughs> that they were going to take a nap. So they were like, "Nah, <laughs> we'll take a nap and we'll call later." Uh, they woke up from their nap to find that the kids had been found. <laughs> so, <Oops>. yeah, <laughs> these guys really have it down. Wow. Well, and on top of all of that, Richard Schoenfeld ended up turning himself in. He felt the most remorse out of the three of them. Oh, he had actually had like human feelings. A, a soul, maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is it just me or are rich people like really fucking dumb? I, they're like, just so out of touch. I think that's it, so is dumb. that they just don't have any conscious, just like any... Common sense. Yeah, yeah, any way of how like the world actually works, like any idea of like what reality is for most human beings, they just don't get it. Like... Not well, had well especially it. if they're like rich from birth. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think that people that are self-made makes yeah. you wealthy. It's a little bit different. <laughs> That's different. But yeah, generational wealth. Unless you have parents that like make a point to teach that. Which I doubt it because or, I feel like if you have that much money as a parent, you're not going to make a point to teach your kid anything. You're just going to hire somebody to do no, it for no, you. If I had money, I <laughs> would have you... taught you guys so much better than I did no. now because I wouldn't have been so distracted and gone all the time. Listen, if you are, have money, you can pay for tutors you can pay you to cheat money. your child into harvard and then you those can kids pay should to cheat your child. smart right like yeah. that they should be if smarter. you're having to pay to cheat to get your child into harvard they're, they're probably not, not that smart i don't understand yeah, Aunt that. becky i never did <laughs> understand that that's like you get your prestigious education so that you can become like a vice president of bullshit at some bullshit company <laughs> Like that's I mean, yeah, it's true. That's bullshit. The, that's the goal, right? Is to just I'm become the vice like... president of bullshit. It's a bullshit company. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Richard Schoenfeld. Richard Schoenfeld. So and so. So and so. Show and Richard Schoenfeld. Little Richie boy turned himself in. Um, but then, so James Schoenfeld and Fred Woods tried to flee California. Um, James ended up being arrested in Oregon, and Woods had made it all the way to Vancouver before he got oh. caught. Um, in they a rent the rent the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> what? They went they went the wrong way. They went north. They should have gone south because Mexico doesn't have extradition laws or whatever, right? You can they're still not. go to you can still go to Mexico, and the cops can't arrest you down there. But you go to Canada, they're like, yeah, here they are. <laughs> Take them. <laughs> Is that why in Super Troopers that one guy says, "You boys like Mexico"? I did think you say so. Subaru Troopers. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. It's a callback to Subi Booby. <laughs> all right. So all three of them have been arrested. Um, in a statement, so James Schoenfeld said this about the motive of the crime. Quote, we needed multiple victims to get multiple millions. And we picked children because children are precious. The state would be willing Aww. to pay ransom for them and they don't fight back. 
children are pretty. That was why they kidnapped a bunch of children. That's pretty true. Logical. It is. It is kind of logical there than we may. But also, it's still really out of touch to believe that you can get away with kidnapping twenty six children. I just feel like that in of itself to like actually plan it just like shows a disconnect from reality yeah that like and then to take a nap (laughs) take a nap sleep through it like it's no big yep well and to like have your plans all just right there like you did nothing to try and hide plan (laughs) yeah plan at the top like plan that's what shows the least common sense in my opinion i would agree (laughs) okay so Woods and the Schoenfelds all pled guilty to 27 counts of kidnapping for ransom, but they refused to plead guilty for eight counts of bodily harm. Because if they were to plead guilty for the bodily harm, they would be sentenced. It's basically life in prison without parole versus life in prison with parole. So if they were to be found guilty of the eight counts of bodily harm, it would be that harsher sentence. What's the bodily harm? Like who got hurt? Um, Well, so... um, a bunch of kids actually testified, so a lot of kids had like wounds and burns and scratches just from trying to get out of the, oh, um, okay. you know, just like just what they endured, like yeah. being trapped for so long and with the cave, the cave, the trailer like falling in and stuff. And yeah, they should have a thing that's like mentally harm. Yeah, because I definitely. All of them have yeah, that. no, and we'll yeah. get into that also. Um, maybe not in the seventies. There might be something like that now. That's like um, you know, yeah, mental and emotional trauma. Damages. Yeah, but I doubt <laughs> no, that that was anything in the seventies. That Isn't was isn't it real just thing. like pain and suffering? Isn't maybe. that a thing? I think. Oh so. no, that's if it's a civil suit, you can sue for pain and suffering, but you yeah. can't be charged with. Okay, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just, tell tell I us what we don't just... know about the law, listeners. Yes. <laughs> Email us. FFSthepodcast at long... gmail.com. We don't know anything about the It'll law. It'll be a long email. Educate I'm us. Tell us what we don't know about the law. Yes. 47 pages is part one of six. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just send us like an entire law book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so after 16 months after the kidnapping, Um, Michael Marshall and several other children were able to face their kidnappers in court and then that was when they testified that on top of the mental and emotional trauma that they endured, several children had physical cuts, wounds, and burns from the incident. Um, The three men ended up being sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, having been found guilty of the eight charges of bodily harm. Um, The 26 children... Oh yeah, okay, so the three men were all sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Can I I ask a real quick question? Did the guy who turned himself in get anything better than the two that ran away to Canada? Um, or one ran away to Canada? I think they were all sentenced the same. I didn't read anything about like a differing in sentences. Okay. Um, I mean, that's cool. But I'll get into it because there's some more shit that happens with their <gasps> sentencing. Okay. So, okay. You know. <laughs> um, but it was at this time. So like these kids, right? We talked about their mental and emotional trauma that they felt. I read an account of a therapist who basically said that almost every single one of them suffered PTSD or oh, any other yeah. kind of just like trauma-related illness from this incident. So the state of California, instead of paying for therapy or any kind of resources for these kids to work through their shit that they had just endured, they took them all to Disneyland so that maybe (laughs) the whole, like, you know, the memories that they'll make at Disneyland, they're just going to forget about being locked underground for like 16 (gasps) hours. So these kids didn't get any real help. And they just got, got a trip to Disneyland. I kind of got feel buried okay. alive for 36 hours. I'm going to Disneyland. What is that? <laughs> I kind of don't hate that. I'm sorry. Like, I, know, <laughs> I know I'm a proponent of like mental health services. And usually I'm like all talking about getting help. And that should happen as well. But like I kind of think that they deserved a trip to Disneyland. No, they definitely deserved Plus. that trip to Disneyland for sure. But like if they could have like maybe sent him to therapy too. Yeah. 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 Therapy at Disneyland. They were just like <laughs> yes. their their reasoning behind this was like, therapist. "Oh, they'll forget about it." That's that's why they sent them to Disneyland. Oh, is because they were like, "Oh, they'll be so these happy. memories will push out those traumatic memories cuz that's Cuz they didn't understand how the it brain. works. <laughs> It was the 70s, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. So four years after the kidnapping, the kidnappers' lawyers appealed the finding of bodily harmed, and it was overturned by the court, stating that the injuries suffered did not rise to the level of bodily harm under the law. That's fair. I was I was No, I kind say... of agree. I mean, it's like really, you know, like shitty what these kids had gone through, but then they were resentenced to life with the possibility of parole. Blech. So, ev- 
Six years after the kidnapping was when the parole hearings began. And with each parole hearing, those wounds from all of those victims were reopened and they were having to re-experience all of that trauma. And there have been about 60 hearings between all three kidnappers up to this point. Yuck, that's why mentally harm should be a thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Mentality Like, I I don't necessarily agree with the counts of bodily harm, but I don't agree either with the fact that they were able to, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into it. So you asked me about little Richie, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He was the first to be released on parole in June 2012. He had shown the most remorse. He had shown the most improvement throughout his time in prison, and he was the first to be released. In 2012? 2012. So he served, so he like, served several like 30 decades years. in prison. Yeah, like a few decades. So um, Jimmy was paroled three years later. So they are both out of prison at this point, and they haven't been sent back. They've been you know, on good terms and living their lives. Fred Woods is still in prison to this day. Why is he still? He's still in prison because not only has he been caught numerous times with cell phones and porn, which are not allowed in prison. What a butt. um, But he also was recently caught running three businesses out of prison, which in the state of California is not technically illegal. But you have to get permission from the warden to be able to run these businesses, which he did not. And there's another funny shitty thing about the shitty piss baby that is Fred Woods, because the only reason why he was caught running these three businesses. So he had a gold mine, a like car resale dealership type thing, and then a Christmas tree farm that he was all running from out of prison. And he had this guy who was working kind of like managing all three businesses named what was his name? I want, I'll say something to fill this this time. I'm going to say something to fill this time. And that is why does the warden get to arbitrarily decide who can have businesses? Yeah. That's a messed up system. I also feel like it might have something to do with like your performance in prison. Like I feel like, you know, if you're like constantly breaking the rules and not following just kind of like the way that things work in prison, why should you be allowed to run a business and make money from inside of prison? Yes, and I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a silly law, but like, you it's have more to- that there should be a rubric or like a yeah. point system yeah. so that the warden can't just decided. be like, are well, you giving me something under the table for this? The warden may have guidelines that he has to follow. You know, he may have a set of things that have to be met in order to give that permission to. And I'm sure it also I depends hope. on what the business is and that it's all above board, too. So does that mean that because you said it's not illegal in California, does that mean that in some states it is illegal? Mm-hmm. To run yeah. In some business? states, you cannot earn money while you were in prison. But fucking slave labor is allowed and prisoners are allowed to do all of this shit for pennies on a fucking dollar. Okay, so this guy. OK, so Fred Woods probably would not have even been caught running these businesses if it weren't for the guy that kind of like ran everything on the outside. His name is Michael Bianchi. And he managed aspects of all three businesses, but he injured his back, his neck, and his shoulder while he was doing work in the gold mine. And he his tried neck, his back, his pussy, and his crack. Yeah, he injured all of it. <laughs> and he tried to a lot of pussy. In this I know <laughs> an uncomfortable amount, one might say. Um, so he basically goes to Woods and he's like, hey, I hurt myself while on the job. And then Woods was kind of just like, well, figure it out on your own. And so Bianchi went and filed a report with workers comp and then an investigation was launched Aha. into Fred Woods. And so that was when it was discovered that he was running all of these businesses. Okay. So not only is he a piece of shit that kidnapped 26 children, but he's also the kind of piece of shit employer that when you get injured on the job, he's like, that's not my problem. He's such <laughs> just the fucking worst. <laughs> so yeah, basically Fred Woods, he was denied parole last on October 8th, 2019. Um, his next parole hearing is scheduled for sometime in 2024. Um, missed the fact that he has been married. Oh four yeah, times he has been married prison. four times while in prison. Also, yeah, what so do he's we call like that? Kind of a misogynistic. What's prick. the term? I'm sure there's a term for women that just like to marry guys in prison. I I don't know, man. It's like you know, lot lizards are the ladies of the nights that service the truckers, right? That's a lot lizard. That's a thing. That's yeah. so that's like what? horribly. Just call them sex workers. Like they hang out at gas stations that have like places for truckers oh to gosh. pull up. 
and sleep, you know, the big like road, like truck stop gas stations and stuff. And they call, I mean, I don't know if that's what they call them now, but back in the eighties and nineties, well, probably in the nineties when I was old enough, eighties, I was too young, but that's what the joke was to about the lot, lot lizards. lizards. <laughs> oh <my laughs> to be God. But what do they call um, those? Like, I kind of like that though. Like, I feel like it's empowering. Like lizard. I'm, I'm, I'm a know. lot lizard. A slither around in the dark. <laughs> I found out. So do you know, this is like a tangent that I'm going to go on and I'm sorry. Yeah, go on it. Um, <laughs> I'm basically done with this story. Do you know about, um, oh my God, I can't fucking remember his name. Never mind. I'll look it up and then I'll come back I don't know about that person. I okay, don't. Never mind. Um, I don't know his fucking name. What's his first name? Never mind. Shut up. Never mind. I don't. <laughs> Know about it's, his is his middle name. No, listen, name. it's a print. He's got the quotation marks in the middle. Mark I don't know. <laughs> oh, Mark Twitchell. Mark yeah. Twitchell. He was a guy in Canada who like killed one dude and tried to kill another guy, but it was like a Dexter-related crime. He saw Dexter and he wanted to be like him. Oh. So he's in prison in Canada for life, and he is on a website. He's on a dating site specifically for prisoners in Canada. And he has like matches. Like, I don't, why the fuck? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, I I get it if you've committed a low level crime and like you're going to get out of prison soon. But for someone who's going to be in prison for life for murdering somebody, I feel like murderers should be barred from being on that. I don't know. Let me see. If something were to happen to George, I don't know if I would ever want to be in a serious relationship again. I feel like I've kind of used up all of my emotions at this point in my life, and I don't really have much left to give. But I also get lonely very easily. I like companionship. So a prison boyfriend would be perfect. We would pen pal. We could talk every now and then. We could have the occasional conjugal visit. But he doesn't live with me. doesn't have to have a key to the house. But would it be a murderer? Would you choose a murderer as your prison boyfriend? No, I would exactly. not. Exactly. I would not. You're right about that. Choose like a burglar. Or like... <laughs> Like a I mean, burglar, I'd probably be like a white collar. I'd probably guy. be more like a third time <laughs> felon, you know, yeah. put away for life just because he can't, you know, stay on the right track. <laughs> I was gonna say keep it in his pants, like in a in a crime. She's someone who like you know, got <laughs> caught for breaking stop. and entering, can't stop. <laughs> but didn't have a weapon. Not armed robbery, just like robbery. Yeah. Well, armed <laughs> robbery, tax evasion. Tax evasion is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> embezzlement i don't know al capone went to prison for tax evasion so and murder (laughs) but they caught him on tax evasion that's what he technically went to prison for well i would do some research all right (laughs) let's do some research we could do al capone as one of our fucked up stories yeah all right you want to finish it up yeah i'll wrap it up i just wanted to say just kind of as like a final thing just like you know, I really recommend if you're interested in this crime and this event, I would I would watch the 48 hours episode just because it has some really good firsthand testimonies of, you know, victims that were like involved in the crime. And so many of them talked about like the addiction to drugs that they had suffered from later in life, just like never being able to deal with their traumas from and the PTSD. And yeah. Stuff, and yeah. everything that they had gone through. And it's just it's some really powerful would- stuff. And I. Um, also wanted to give a big shout out to Ed Ray because he was after this point basically like seen as a hero in Chowchilla. Like if it weren't for him and Michael Marshall specifically, like those kids might not have ever survived. Yeah. And so especially Michael Marshall, who was like 14 at the time and like having to really step up and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but Ed Ray passed away from natural causes at 91 back in May of 2012. So he lived a long life and, um, he had a a big family that was very supportive of him. And so that's wonderful. I hope he was able to manage his trauma. Yeah, me too, man. I, you know, just like send out so much, I don't know, just like love to the victims and yeah, dealing with all their shit. What a scary thing to go through. Yeah, man. Like I was like doing the research and I had to take several breaks and like, you know, like mm-hmm. watching the episode. Like we come at it with like humor and stuff, but it's like, you know, I mean, it's still a very serious, yeah. sad, tragic and, thing that happened. I think it's Im- important to recognize what the victims had gone through and their struggle and their story. So Yeah. Absolutely. But that's it. That's the Chowchilla bus kidnapping, one of the largest kidnappings in American history. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Belle. That was a good story. Thanks. (laughs) So, 
Anybody want to add anything? Anybody want to go to Disneyland to address trauma? I want to go to Disneyland. Trauma? Let's talk about that trauma at Disneyland. <laughs> or Disney World. Disney World. See, I would just be traumatized at Disneyland. Like, I wouldn't have a good time. I would just be like, oh, I'm in Disneyland and I still have PTSD. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that's the point. But it would be Disneyland. It'd be fun. Disneyland. Free trip. I mean, to be fair, if you're going to be traumatized anywhere, why not? Why Disneyland? not Disneyland? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people in Disneyland, and I just don't like people a whole lot, so I'll pass. Okay. Unless we could have it to ourselves. I guess you should have some therapy instead. <laughs> oh, damn. I don't want therapy. We all should have therapy. That's my, my happy thought. My oh, thing that is that suck. your... Is what is for? it? Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. <laughs> what is your happy thought? Thing um, that doesn't suck. I have two. One of them is really small, and it's just the fact that I got a tattoo of a dismembered leg on my arm it's pretty cool leg. it was a stick and poke i do want to mention about hannah's leg so i saw <laughs> hannah on wednesday for a birthday party that we were at and she let me into the apartment complex and so she meets me downstairs and we get in the elevator to go up to the apartment and we're in the elevator and she basically has me cornered and she holds up her arm and she just goes leg <laughs> <laughs> i love leg <laughs> leg on arm leg on arm where'd you get it if it's a stick and poke uh, my friend's friend came to his apartment and did that it. Sounds real shady. <laughs> okay, it wasn't it though. She she's just starting out. She's not charging for it because she's still learning. She's done quite a few, and it was sanitary. It was fine, but like she doesn't have a place or a setup because she's just starting out. And so we just had her come over. We cleaned it all, and it was fine. It's not infected. It's lovely. Yeah, she it looks did a good. Great she job. did a good job, I man. Job. She did I, a good job. It just I have a stick and poke in it. No lie. You know, it was my friend shadily doing it on her couch at her apartment, but it yeah. was sterile and it healed and it wasn't infected. That's my kids. They're like the stick and poke. That stick and poke. Yeah. But yours turned out so, so good. Isn't like mine weird? turned out really good, especially for Bonnie's like third one. But like yours is, it's like it's really she's clear. Done, like she's she's done quite a few. I yeah, think at this point. I, um, she has like a whole Instagram where it's just like all the stick and pokes that she's done. She's Are like you on there? Yeah, now I am. Oh, you're famous. Oh my gosh. So An influencer. But my, my second oh, thing that doesn't suck. Oh, you have two? I, I have two. I'm sorry. Oh, it's been a good week for you. Oh, oh shit. Usually you have a hard oh. time. Um, my second thing that doesn't suck is that I finally am going back to therapy. Hey, it's with a It's with a new therapist. Nice. So goodbye. Bleep her name. Goodbye. Uh. Maybe I'll come back to you. I can get out. You want I me to burp it out? Make, burp it out. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that what we're doing? We're burping it out. Yeah, you have to the podcast. <sighs> <sighs> Who wants to go next? Um, my thing <laughs> that doesn't suck is I'm working on a new Halloween playlist. Ooh. Because it's almost Halloween and almost we started Halloween. using a new streaming music service. We're using YouTube music, so I have to make a new playlist. And there's this song called um, Freaks by Suburban. It's so good, you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. I, just, I play it and I just think like, oh, it feels like Halloween. And it's really good. Okay. And then there's also a song that's called The Zombie. Oh, damn it. It's like this super fun song. And it talks about back to back and front to front. A zombie. I don't remember. It's super fun. <laughs> That's funny. It's really good. So, you know, it's almost Halloween. Yay, I have a good playlist. Halloween. I, like I Halloween. have a fun kind of story off of that because there was one time I threw a Halloween party. One time in my life, I threw a Halloween party for my friends and they all came over. And then that was the year on Spotify when they do your top 100 songs of the year. <laughs> um, the Halloween theme made an appearance because I made a playlist that was she like that literally just time. the Halloween thing because when people walked in I wanted it to be like nin, 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 and but everybody was coming and going and so I just had to play it the whole time so for like hours it was just like nin, 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 that's nin, awesome nin. and so that was the year that Halloween was like a good part of the way up my list of the top most played dogs of, it was like 2018 or something <laughs> that's great What's your happy thought? Um, or your thing that doesn't suck? My thing that doesn't suck is my story. Ah, uh, I killed yeah, it. You did. Things that don't suck. Good job. Thanks. Okay. So is it me? I guess. So yeah. I don't know if this is appropriate suck. or not, but it's gonna. I'm gonna make reference to another podcast. This is way more popular than ours. So my thing that doesn't suck is that about a week ago I had this dream that I had moved into an apartment, and across the hall from me. 
Ben Kissel lived. And I was like enamored with the fact that, and like Henry and Marcus would go, they would be there all the time. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, last podcast guys live across the hall from me. And so I had to like introduce myself. And like, this is a pretty long drawn out dream. And, like I introduced <laughs> myself. And then I try to make sure like, if I hear him come out, I step out at the same time. So I would like Creep. be there when they were there. And I try to interject really casually like, hey, you know, I have a podcast too. My family and I, we have a podcast too. And you should listen to it. And it got to the point where every time I would come around the guys, they would just like, roll their eyes and be like, hi, Sam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got a podcast. And it just reminded me of like those sitcoms, like with Urkel. Kramer. Or like Kramer. Like, you know, whenever that person that nobody liked would walk in the room and all the other characters would like roll their eyes and be like, hi, Urkel. Or Sheldon. Hi, Sheldon. Penny. Um, Penny. And that was me. And I also played this. Ben. I also played the saxophone because I I have a temporary saxophone in my house that I've been trying to play. And so I was like sucking on reeds all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It is a temporary. So that was like part of your character. You'd be walking to the room. Sucking on my reed so I could like fucking play my saxophone for him. Your temporary and they're just like, saxophone. oh God, here she comes. And I'd be like, hi guys, did you listen to the new podcast? Wrong, got my saxophone. <laughs> like, it was a ridiculous dream. It was funny. Anyway. I mean, it's not that bad of a role to be like the annoying neighbor no, on still- last podcast sitcom. Like, that yeah, is- it was, that's it. It was the last podcast sitcom. I should start a sitcom. I think Hannah's leaving because she has to pee. So that she hates your ideas. <laughs> like that's a terrible dream. I'm leaving. So I think maybe that's time for us to say goodbye. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's gonna say goodbye Wait. without Hannah. No, I I can do it. Nope. Nope. We need All right. Her. We need her. <laughs> we need her for that. No, we no, just say goodbye. Good. Yeah. Peace goodbye. out. All right. Bye, y'all. I still keep trying to think of a catchphrase. I cannot. We appreciate come up you. With a we got to plug our shit. Oh, yeah. We got to do that, huh? Um, yeah. Let's see. What is it? FFS the podcast at gmail.com. If you like us and you think we're funny, validate us. Rate us. Validate us. us. the podcast. We're on Instagram at FFS the podcast. We're on Twitter at FFS the podcast. F up family. Storytime E F F E D on Facebook <laughs> and on you everywhere. can find us on all platforms. You can email us Valorate at FFS the podcast. If you like what you hear, leave a review, rate us, tell us what you think. We're moving blind Valorate through this us. shit. So help us out How here. How many times is Salem gonna say Valorate us? As many times as Jesse keeps telling me to. <laughs>